Ireland has erupted in riots after an Algerian migrant stabbed three Irish children. And of course, the government and media immediately ran cover for the knife-wielding migrant. The U.S. is now paying over $450 billion a year for our migrant crisis as illegals are given free food and housing. Meanwhile, the average American taxpayer is stating that they're paying more for groceries now more than they ever have. And the incompetence of our government and governments worldwide never ends. Honestly, I call it incompetence, but it's really more of a planned destabilization. Now, there have been some major wins lately, like Javier Malay becoming the new president of Argentina, or the January 6th footage finally being released to the public. But we do always need to keep in mind the famous words of our 40th president, Ronald Reagan, who said that the nine most terrifying words in the English language are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. The U.S. is in definite need of help from our collapsing economy to wide open border. But just to give you guys a reminder of who is currently in power, here is our education secretary quoting our 40th president. You know, we're going to set up follow up calls with every governor we met with to make sure we're available. Um, as uh, I think it was President Reagan said, we're from the government. We're here to help. Um, there's there are resources there. Yeah, you got that one wrong. That is our um, secretary for the Department of Education here in the United States of America, in case anybody was wondering how education was going in the U.S. Anyways, welcome back to another episode of Rapid Fire. My name is Savannah Hernandez. I apologize that it's been a minute since I've been back with you, but I appreciate all of you guys for continuously tuning in as I try to make sense of the modern world, of the modern day, of the United States of America and all of its backwards insanity. So I am going to be absolutely inundating you guys with news because it's been a while since we've caught up like i said the january 6 footage finally released and as you guys would expect it was the most calm and non-violent footage ever it was the calmest insurrection i've ever seen it was the most peaceful overthrowing of a government to ever happen oh because the government wasn't overthrown that's right so we're going to be getting into a lot today but of course please remember and I always like to especially shout out my subscribe star subscribers because you guys really are the ones that make this show happen. Big shout out to you guys if you guys would like to support the show. Subscribe star is a good way to do so. Or uh, going and leaving a five star review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us grow in the charts. We're at 592 ratings. I'd love to see it at 600, but it's fine. I'll just cry myself to sleep because we're never going to get there. It's fine, guys. It's totally fine. I'm kidding. But thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you guys for always supporting um, um, those are just two easy ways to support the show. And um, again, you know, I, I feel really lucky that I have some of the smartest viewers, some of the most informed viewers in the United States of America, because we do have our education secretary who can't even properly quote our 40th president, Ronald Reagan, when it comes to the incompetence of the government. Like, imagine that being such an incompetent government official that you can't even properly quote a president warning about government incompetence. That's where we're currently at. And like I said in the open, is it really incompetence or is it the controlled destabilization, the controlled collapse of nations? 
That's what we're seeing right now. We're going to be getting into the U.S. border crisis and migration crisis, but we're going to focus in on Ireland first because a lot happened while we were enjoying Thanksgiving, while we were all munching on turkey and mashed potatoes and having a grand old time. Ireland was absolutely up in flames. I'm going to play you guys some video here. So these were the scenes on Thanksgiving in Ireland and riots erupted because three Irish children were stabbed again by an Algerian migrant. You also had two adults that were stabbed as well. This happened outside of a school in Ireland, in, in Dublin specifically. And I'm reading this Reuters article, right? And it was very interesting because they specifically stated such riots are almost unprecedented in Dublin. There are no far-right parties or politicians elected to parliament, but small anti-immigrant protests have grown in the last year. The government is reviewing security around parliament after a recent protest trapped lawmakers inside. So, of course, as you would expect, the media immediately coming in and running cover for the migrant that violently stabbed Irish children. The, the right wing being blamed. We're going to get into the police commissioner of Ireland here in a moment because he basically got into it with Conor McGregor. And Conor McGregor is now being uh, investigated for hate speech because we've seen the playbook time and time again. Governments pass bad policies. They destabilize an entire nation. The people get pissed off. They push back. And then what happens? You get censored. You get silenced. Your rights and your freedoms get taken away. So uh, the New York Post says blame Ireland's migrant surge, not right wingers for Dublin's riots. And then they go on to talk about just how bad the migrant crisis in Ireland has gotten here, okay? So apparently in the 12 months leading up to April of this year, 141,000 migrants landed in Ireland. Now to give you guys some context, Ireland has a population of a little bit over 5 million, which I can't even fathom like, I can't fathom how small that is because I believe in Texas, we have a population of over 30 million and then California is over 50 million, right? So when you see the number of 141,000 migrants, you're like, oh, that seems small compared to what we're dealing with in the U.S. Absolutely. But for a country, a primarily white country in Ireland to be bombarded with these migrants this is a 2% increase to their population. And it was funny, too, because in this article, uh, the New York Post is like, that would be the equivalent of 9 million migrants coming to the United States of America, which we've already far surpassed those numbers under the Biden administration. So I guess we are essentially dealing with what Ireland is dealing with on our own much more massive scale. Uh, Ireland's non-nationals compromise a whopping 20% of the population. And again, the people getting absolutely upset and rioting. Uh, there were buses that were burned. There were migrant shelters that were targeted and burned down as well. And uh, you had looting. You had the entire city of Dublin just absolutely set on fire. Uh, Andy No also had an inside scoop from somebody on the ground who said many Irish people have had enough of the violence, the sex crimes, the housing issues caused by migrants because there's a big overcrowding issue over there. He says the revelation that an immigrant suspect allegedly was responsible for the mass stabbing attack on children in the city center was a breaking point. And why is it that this is just our common news now? Because I'm pretty sure that we also we're hearing about children being stabbed in France pretty recently. 
I'm, I'm sure you guys have heard of the intense uptick in the amount of rape towards Swedish women by Muslim migrants in their country. So this uh, mass migration has been happening in Europe for quite some time now, destabilizing the nation. The women and children feel extremely unsafe. The Irish people finally push back. They target those migrant centers. They burn them down. Again, of course, rioting, burning things down, I wouldn't say is the way, but also the people finally got pissed off and they were like, why is it that these people who shouldn't even be in our country are now slashing our children? And Conor McGregor, who was one of the biggest MMA fighters in the, US, uh, in the world, really, he came out and he said innocent children were ruthlessly stabbed by a mentally deranged non-national in Dublin, Ireland today. Now, he's responding to the police chief of Ireland, Drew Harris, okay? Because after the rioting took place, of course, the police commissioner came forward and, I quote, condemned the disgraceful scenes and claimed that a hooligan faction driven by far-right ideology was behind the violence in the streets. So was it countrymen, was it Irishmen who were tired of seeing their country overrun by people who shouldn't be there that were targeting and attacking their children? No, somehow not wanting your children to be sliced and diced is a far-right ideology. So this is what the police commissioner immediately came out and said we're going to talk about the media too because of course the media was trying to run cover and say oh well like it wasn't even a migrant that did it i mean he was a migrant but he lived in ireland for 20 years so it's okay that he stabbed children i guess i don't know so conor mcgregor comes out right and he has a very big platform i believe he has over 10 million followers on x formerly twitter right so his response to this got hundreds of millions of views and you can't have that okay you can't speak out against governments you can't speak out against your own government you can't speak out against bad policy you guys know this i know this personally it's something i've done previously and i was banned on twitter for two years for it uh, by the way last week on tuesday was my one year anniversary. i got my twitter account back one year ago to last tuesday but back to Conor McGregor. So he says innocent children ruthlessly stabbed by a mentally deranged non-national in Dublin, Ireland today. Our chief of police had this to say on the riots in the aftermath. Again, blaming it on right wing hooligans. He said, not good enough. There is grave danger among us in Ireland that should never be here in the first place. And there has been zero action done to support the public in any way, shape or form with this frightening fact. Not good enough. Make change or make way. Ireland for the victory. God bless those attacked today, we pray. And again, um, you know, you had Irishmen taking to the streets and they were chanting, get them out in response to the migrants. I'll play you a quick video here. And then. Another thing that was happening, too, is that uh, there were liberal journalists very similar to here in the United States that were uh, continuously smearing opponents of mass migration as far right. Now, this is something that we've seen in the U.S., right? If you push back against the government, if you believe in your basic rights and freedoms, if you believe in uh, basically just trying to preserve your country, preserve 
the basic foundations of it or even preserve like you as a nation, right? Again, it's like uh, people will think it's so crazy to say that Ireland's a primarily white country and it doesn't need to be diversified. By the way, their government, uh, their prime minister specifically was like, oh, we're going to diversify Ireland because it's just way too white. Like, yeah, it's a country of white people. What the hell do you expect? Uh, Like, imagine if somebody said, oh, we need to make Africa more white. Because there's not enough white people here, and it's not diverse enough, and we need more whites in Africa. Everyone would be everyone would be up in arms. But anyways, only using that example and analogy, because that's how ridiculous these politicians are. This is a, an act of destabilization of this country, and this consistent pattern we see of white populations, not only here in the United States but worldwide, being made to feel bad and that they're not diverse enough. But anyways, this is one of this has been one of the results of said diversity, right? Europe not doing well because again, this isn't just Ireland where this issue has persisted. Now, again, McGregor was really going hard. There was a liberal journalist who tried to smear opponents of mass immigration as far right because similar here to, to here in the U.S., if you have basic common sense, you're just this far right domestic terrorist. That's just how it goes. Apparently, worldwide at this point. He says that this man is weak and feeble. He said, one of the most horrific crimes this nation has ever seen has occurred. We do not care anymore what you said. Cases have got to say. In a war, you are nothing. We are not backing down. We are only warming up. There will be no backing down until real change is implemented for the safety of our nation. So McGregor coming out really hard for Ireland and really standing up against the crimes that are being committed against Irish women and children. And this is what we need, right? Is strong men who are willing to stand up for their nation and have pride in their country and be willing to protect women and children. I think that this is a great thing. And McGregor has been at the forefront of highlighting the videos of women and children who have been harassed by migrants on the streets of Ireland. And he has shown how it has changed so much and how people do not feel safe and how it is a bigger issue. He said he didn't condone the riots, of course, um, because many people had their eyes on McGregor for this. And they were like, hey, like you should have a freedom march in, in Dublin, Ireland. Um, he was calling out the police commissioner. He was calling out the prime minister directly as well because uh, Emily Hand, I believe this was an American hostage that was returned to her family from Hamas. She was returned and then uh, the prime minister said, this child who was lost has now been found and returned. We breathe a massive sigh of relief. And then McGregor, again, put this prime minister on blast, basically highlighting how when bad things happen to children, it feels like the prime minister of Ireland continuously downplays it. She said he says she was abducted by an evil terrorist organization. What is with you and your government and your paid for media affiliates constantly downplaying, attempting to oppress horrific acts that happen to children? You are a disgrace. The day after a stabbing of children in Ireland, not one paper had it on their front cover. We will not forget. Now, you can guess what happened after this tirade. You can guess what happened after Conor McGregor decided to go up against the Irish government and say, hey, uh, we think that the way that the media has handled this, because like I said, they immediately came out, Western media, Washington Post was like, oh, this migrant was actually not really a migrant because he's been here for a while. Uh, You had the government come forward and they're now saying, Please don't tie this horrific act to migration. Just don't do it. And then you have the police commissioner as well who came out and uh, 
investigated Conor McGregor for hate speech. Yep, that's where we're at. Nobody is surprised by this at all. He went to bat against the police commissioner. He went to bat against the entire government. And um, now he's being investigated for hate speech. And on top of that, uh, Irish prime minister, his name's Leo Varadkar. I'm probably really mispronouncing that. But this is what he had to say immediately after McGregor came out and just like completely made a fool of him and a joke of him on social media by calling out his bad policies. Uh, this is what he had to say just a couple days after that happened. In addition to that, I think it's now very obvious to anyone who might have doubted it um, that our incitement hatred legislation is just not up to date. It's not up to date for the social media age. Uh, and we need that legislation through. And we need it through within a matter of weeks. Um, because it's not just the platforms who have a responsibility here, and they do. Uh, there's also the individuals uh, who post messages and images online uh, that stir up hatred and violence. Uh, and we need to be able to use laws to go after them individually as well. We need to use laws to go after them individually as well. Now, again, I don't condone rioting here. But when governments typically say that they need to go after you individually and target you for stirring up hatred, this is what they're talking about, right? Because this is an older video. This is from June of this year. But this has been the Irish government's tactic for a long time, suppressing the people's freedom of speech. And this is something that we saw as well with, uh, let's say, the Canadian truckers. Do you remember when COVID-19 was a giant fake virus that the government, not only in the U.S., but governments worldwide used to try to fearmonger people into taking a poisonous shot that they were profiting off of, that they used to try to take away people's rights and freedoms. Do you remember what happened to the Canadian truckers who pushed back against Trudeau? He said, you're being hateful. I'm going to target you. We're going to shut your bank account down because what you're spreading is misinformation. And then what happened? Oh, a year later, <laughs> all the scientists came out and said, yeah, we might have funded a gain-of-function research in Wuhan. Uh, the COVID vaccine actually didn't work. And also, if you uh, had no underlying conditions, you weren't obese, like, yeah, COVID wasn't going to kill you. But, you know, oopsies. Sorry. We cut you off from your bank account. We took away your fundamental rights and freedoms. We arrested your mom because she just wanted to open her barbershop and pay her bills. Sorry. Your kid has uh, developmental delays because we shut down schools worldwide. We forced you to take a shot. Now you have heart problems. Whoopsies. My bad. So that this is a pattern that we've seen before. You guys know this because you're smart. And going back to Ireland's government, who is now going to try to use this instance of Irishmen being absolutely pissed off that their children are being slashed by people who shouldn't be in their country. Not only are they going to crack down on these hate speech laws and try to uh, modernize them for the 2023 modern age, but back in June of this year, the Irish Green Party senator, this is Pauline O'Reilly, proposed a government hate speech bill and this is what she had to say and i just want to i want you guys to listen to the rationalization of taking away people's rights here and, and i've never heard such a an honest politician in my life so again her point blank talking to all of us and telling the truth about the reality of hate speech bills when you think about it all law all legislation is about the restriction of freedom. That's exactly what we're doing here, is we are restricting freedom, but we're doing it for the common good. You will see throughout our constitution, 
Yes, you have rights, but they are restricted for the common good. Everything needs to be balanced. And if your views on other people's identities go to make their lives unsafe, insecure, and cause them such deep discomfort that they cannot live in peace, then I believe that it is our job as legislators to restrict those freedoms for the common good. Okay, so there you guys go. Now she's talking about gender identity and she's talking about how if you make somebody feel discomfort because you don't agree with their fake gender, that your rights deserve to be restricted. Again, understand what a lot of these bills lead up to because now, I mean, she talks about, you know, somebody's identity. Well, what if somebody's identity is being a migrant, right? Oh, well, you're not allowed to criticize them. You're not allowed to call out the fact that they're a migrant. And again, going back to Conor McGregor, who is currently under investigation for hate speech, uh, he's been an outspoken opponent of not only mass migration, but he's also been calling out what that mass migration has been doing to Ireland. There's an overcrowding crisis over there. There is a housing crisis. Uh, Basic living is unaffordable for many citizens. He has specifically said multiple times, we are at a war in our country. He said, do not let any Irish property be taken over unannounced. Evaporate said property. It's a war. Uh, This is the quote that a lot of people think that he is being investigated for because you are not allowed to say that you are at war if your country is being overtaken by people who should not be there and are attacking your children. Now, uh, by the way, the Algerian immigrant suspected of stabbing said women and children was known to police previously and slated for deportation. This article comes from Human Events. The man suspected of stabbing five was arrested earlier this year for possession of a knife. The stabbings prompted a riot and protests in Dublin. Uh, In May, the man was arrested for possession of a knife and damage to a car. The case went to court, but he was not convicted due to a mental health report given to the court that's per the daily mail so really interesting the suspect was the subject of a deportation order who was arrested in 2023 but he never got deported and then he slashed innocent children tale is old as oldest time here in the united states we continuously see that and it's not just ireland that is dealing with this migrant crisis and the violence of these people who are coming into various countries and not assimilating very well another one from human events 16 year old boy killed 16 others injured in knife attack by suspected algerian muslims at village festival in france a gang of around 10 thugs with knives attacked a village festival hosting teenagers in Crepole, a a rural French town, on November 19th, leaving one dead and 16 seriously injured. It's being reported that the attackers were a gang of Muslims from Algeria, who one eyewitness stated were screaming, we are going to kill white people. And it's not just Ireland, it's not just France. Let's take a peek at what is going on in Germany. This one came out today. Nine migrants who gang-raped a 15-year-old girl in a park in Germany for over two and a half hours just had or got their sentences. One of them goes to jail for two years. The others, the eight others, walk away freely with suspended sentences. This comes from Eva Vladinger-Brock, one of my favorites. She says, European girls are fair game, sold out by our establishments. And she consistently reports on migrant violence against the nationals of these various European countries and how women and children are not safe. 
So a little idea of what is happening to Europe and what we can expect to happen and what is happening every day here in the United States, by the way, because uh, we are dealing with an unprecedented migrant crisis as well. I have previously said, and you guys have followed my reporting before, about how over 10 million illegal immigrants at this point have crossed into the United States of America under Joe Biden. And it's not like all these these, uh, people crossing over are just innocent asylum seekers. A lot of them are actually returning back to their countries because they went to New York and New York is so overcrowded with migrants right now that they cannot even take care of these people. So the migrants are going back to the countries that they fleed for asylum purposes. So we all know that these migrants are taking full advantage of the fact that there is no law and order in the United States of America, that they can cross the border, that they will be given not only preferential treatment, the barbed wire will be raised by federal officials and Border Patrol or National Guard for them, and they'll be driven to the nearest NGO and given a free plane ticket or train ticket. But on top of that, when they reach their final destination, oh, they're going to get a free hotel in Times Square and uh, free, free transportation. You want to have a baby here? We'll give you free health care too. We'll go ahead and uh, give you a free car seat, free high chair for your kid. The average American struggling to make ends meet, but migrants given preferential treatment time and time again. Now, let's take a peek at what's happening here in the United States of America because it's an absolute mess right now. Here is an idea of what is currently happening In the East Village neighborhood of Manhattan, this video came out earlier today for my podcast listeners. It is just a seemingly never-ending line of grown men who are waiting outside to receive public services. Now, another thing that I have reported on regarding New York is that the reason why legal immigrants go over there is because New York City is a sanctuary city. So Mayor Eric Adams right now is bawling and crying and having a huge fight with the federal government. He and Biden haven't talked for a year, by the way. New reports have come out. We'll get to that here in a moment. But he's basically just being crushed under the weight of this crisis because over 125,000 illegal immigrants have made their way to New York. They're siphoning off the system. Back in 2022, around this time, actually, the city of New York had already spent a little bit over a billion dollars on the migrant crisis. And then they projected it would be like four million. And then it went up a little bit more. And now it's projected at over, I believe, 12 to 15. I'm sorry, I I said million. (laughs) Billion dollars. Whoopsies. My bad. Okay. Last year is at one billion dollars that the city of New York spent on illegal migrants. And uh, we fast forward just one year later, it is now projected. I think the latest numbers are 12 billion to care for, to house, to feed all of these illegal immigrants that should not be in our country, who should be deported immediately. Now, to give you guys an idea as well of how the American people are being made unsafe, similar to what's happening in Europe, we're going to be getting sliced and diced over here. And you can go on the uh, ICE website, right? Immigration's website. And you can go read their press releases every single day of 
a Honduran migrant who's tied to MS-13 or, uh, you know, like a freaking migrant from El Salvador that's uh, tied to this cartel or that cartel or a, a migrant from Mexico who wasn't supposed to be here and who's been deported 10 times already here in the U.S. kills a little kid rapes his sister like they're committing these horrific crimes and again you can just go and scroll through these press releases of what these migrants are doing to american citizens and to children every single day and the most infuriating part is that a lot of them have been deported time and time again and in ice's own press release they'll say this guy was deported he got back into the united states Border Patrol couldn't vet him when he came back across, so they didn't know that he was already deported, that he had already committed crimes, that he was wanted in another country for murder. You know, no big deal. So we, the Border Patrol just gave him an NTA, the Notice to Appear paper, right, so they can legally stay here for years if they want to, and uh, let him go in the United States of America. And he made his way up to New York. Oopsies. Sorry, we maybe should have a better process for this, but we don't. So what's going on in New York? Well, NYPD is only going to have about 29,000 police by the end of 2025 due to the budget cuts that are taking place in New York because of how bad the migrant crisis has gotten. Now, this was billions of dollars, or it might have been millions. Mm, let me actually give you the exact quotes here. Yeah, so... It was billions. I was correct. All right. So NYPD's budget, it is of five point six billion, is going to be cut by one hundred and thirty-two million. Okay, they're going to be canceling cadet classes, and it's not just the NYPD that is going to be experiencing this cut. They're going to have the lowest numbers of police since the nineties. By the way, and keep in mind that New York City is a city of 8 million people, okay? So think about that number and then think about the fact that there's 29,000 police officers that are going to be there to protect said people. It's not going to be a good time. There's already a huge crime surge in New York. People are scared to ride the subways. And then if you are a, a vigilante citizen, basically, that's like, oh, no, a woman's getting robbed. Let me get my gun out and save her then the freaking liberal New Yorker is going to be like, why did you do that? I can't believe you used the gun. And then you're going to go to jail because you saved this woman from being robbed. Let's not forget Daniel Penny as well, who stopped what, Jordan Neely, I believe his name was, from attacking people in the subway. And now prosecutors in New York are trying to be like, well, this guy was a former um, military officer, so he should have known in his training that he needed to take this this uh violent criminal out of the chokehold and he killed him so now we need to put this man in jail for stopping a criminal that's new york right now they're going to have a record low police by the end of next year because of the migrants on top of that the sanitation department is going to be cut as well the department of education is facing cuts so new york is just an absolute crisis right now and uh eric adams this piece came out from politico a couple days ago blames the New York budget crisis on Joe Biden, and they're going head to head. They haven't spoken in a year. He talks about how, again, the city overwhelmed by more than 125,000 illegal immigrants, that the city is paying for migrants to stay in hotels. They're building shelters for them. They're feeding them every day. Like I said, New York City is a sanctuary city. There's this program called IDNYC, where you don't have to be a citizen of the United States of America to apply for that program. And what does the program do? It gives you a government ID 
that you could potentially apply for employment for, that you could potentially use public services for, that you could potentially open a bank account with. Go look into this program. It's absolutely insane. And then, you know, for those of you who might be new here, Sanctuary City means that if you're illegal, you go to that city, you can't get deported. Good job, Eric Adams. So he's now blaming uh, Joe Biden for this because, of course, Biden is the reason why the border is so open and all of the migrants are making their way over to New York. And it's funny because uh, Adams at the beginning of this was like, oh, the migrants, you know, we're, we've always been a sanctuary city. We'll accept them over here. And then what happens? <laughs> what happens to Mayor Eric Adams and then also Governor Kathy Hochul once the migrants actually come home? Once the chickens come home to roost, right? Once the migrants make their way up to the beautiful sanctuary city, they're like, uh, yeah, we're going to need to revoke our right to shelter law immediately that has been in place for decades because we don't have shelter for all of these people. Yeah, we're going to have to revoke our sanctuary status potentially because this is getting out of hand. Yeah, uh, Joe Biden, you need to close the border because uh, it was okay when, you know, Texas and Arizona were dealing with this. But now that it's made its way to New York, it's kind of an issue. Please help. And then Biden's just like, sorry, man, I'm too busy in Delaware on vacation eating ice cream. And sniffing kids. And that's our president. So um, as soon as Eric Adams starts speaking out against this, all of a sudden, his electronic devices get seized by the FBI and his campaign is now being investigated for, uh, I believe, donations that he potentially, yeah, campaign donations received illegally from the Turkish government. Interesting. And then on top of that, too, He's also being sued for sexually assaulting a woman in 1993. 30 years ago, his accuser wants $5 million. You know, people in politics always say that the left protects their own, right? That you can be the slimiest, most disgusting criminal. Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, Hillary Clinton. The list goes on. But if you're on the right side of history... The deep state, the government will protect you, right? You can commit a lot of crimes. You can get away with a lot of things. You can um, you you can get away with a lot of criminal activity, right? Money laundering, sex trafficking, child trafficking. Take your pick. You can get away with it as long as you're in the Democratic Party. But once you speak out against the Democratic Party, then you're going to have people come forward and accuse you of sexual assault. And you're also going to have the FBI investigating you for illegal campaign contributions. Hmm. It's just the timing of this. It's just so coincidental. What can I say? I can't help but speculate on this, right? So uh, that's what's currently happening with Eric Adams. And then let's take a peek at what is going on over here in Texas. This was out of, well, not quite Eagle Pass, but near the area. I believe it was, yeah, it's in central Mexico this train load of illegal immigrants. And again, for podcast listeners, it is just cars and cars of trains being pulled. And there are loads of illegal immigrants just making their way on over to our open southern border, because why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they come to the land of milk and honey where we promise that the American taxpayer will pay for their lives, that the American taxpayer will be the one that foots the bill for them to break into our country illegally. Now, Border Hawk News, they've been incredible as well at just being on the border. They also highlighted what's been happening with these migrants, because keep in mind that this is a very well-organized 
thing, right? The cartel is making billions of dollars. They were cheering when Joe Biden got into office because they knew it was a money-making time. Here's an idea of uh, what's going on with those migrants from border hawk canoes and how easy it is for these migrants to get into our country. I'm Efraín González, correspondent with Butterhack News. This is how mass migrant crossings are carried out. Article pass. We followed this large group of migrants who left the only shelter that is open in Piedras Negras just at sunset. Most of these people do not how to get to the river. However, through GPS, they obtain the exact location where forklift tractors raised the razor wire last October. So there you guys go. You have the cartels. And again, I reported on this extensively. The cartels are giving these illegal migrants GPS exact location of where Border Patrol has openings in the barbed wire area. And, you know, there's been a big fight for a long time between Greg Abbott and then the Biden administration regarding securing the Texas border. We've had our attorney general here, Ken Paxton, uh, also pushing back against the federal government who keeps trying to say, oh, you can't put barbed wire up. We need to be able to cut it. And it's so it's so pathetic, too, because Border Patrol agents. They'll come forward and they'll be like, well, technically, if they're on U.S. soil, because what happens in the Eagle Pass area, right, is they'll cross the river. And the soil, because, you know, a lot of the border barriers, the barbed wire that they put up is on U.S. soil. So once they get up on the bank, they're on U.S. soil and then Border Patrol has to process them per American law. It's like, no. Leave them there. Tell them to turn around. Tell them to get out of here. Tell them that they just broke the law and they're not going to get a free ride and a $2,000 plane ticket to the city of their choice. But that's exactly what happens and that's why they keep coming. And then they make their way to Chicago and then uh, this is what happens. Yes, I heard they were out until 1 o'clock in the morning. But it's progress that on Sunday, crews were quick to cover up just minutes after we got there. First, a water department truck was positioned directly in front of our Fox 32 camera, seemingly trying to obstruct our view. But that's not all. Workers soon lined the fence with a black screen. As a taxpayer, it makes me feel horrible. I feel that we have a corrupt system. They are not listening to the people. So there you guys go. In Chicago, they're building more camps for the migrants. And then the media goes and tries to film it. And then what happens? They cover it up, just like they did in Ireland. Oh, no, a migrant brutally killed children. We're going to cover it up by investigating the people calling it out for hate speech. Also, we're not going to say that migrant is the person or we're not going to use that definition or terminology regarding this person because that's really mean yeah a quick couple more stories regarding uh, how bad the migration has gotten here in the U.S. over 300 migrants move into the San Diego airport after the border city was hit by an influx of crossers apparently these migrants have started like usually they get to the airport about an hour before their flight but they've been coming earlier and they've just been camping out at the airport and then that gate's states that they have designer clothes they have iphones not exactly the humbled masses mostly just people playing america as fools close the border and deport them and to be quite honest with you guys uh going to any airport at 
a border city in the United States or even a border state is infuriating because you will see all of these people. And sometimes they don't even have their identification. They'll just have the manila envelope. They'll have their ticket. And then there's just a long line of illegals who basically circumvent all of the TSA protocols that we have to go through so that they can go to wherever they need to in the United States. The U.S. northern border sector is also seeing a 550% increase in illegal crossings in 2023. Vivek Ramaswamy has been at the forefront of highlighting how we not only need to focus in on the southern border, but also our northern border as well, which consists of New York, New Hampshire, Vermont. There's been a 550% increase of illegal crossings up that way. And then the cherry on top of the illegal immigration cake, this is how much uh, U.S. taxpayers are paying per year for the housing and care of illegal immigrants. Stuart, we have new numbers, a new report from the U.S. House Committee on Homeland Security Majority. They say the price tag per year is 451 billion dollars. That is both for the housing and care of the asylum seekers as well as those known Godaways. So there you guys go. A cool $451 billion that we are paying out of pocket for. Meanwhile, we're also sending billions to Ukraine. Uh, we've also sent billions to Israel to perpetuate never-ending wars that we shouldn't be a part of. Uh, and the average American is struggling to pay rent or buy food. That's where we're at. And I wish, to be quite honest with you, I wish that was kind of where that even ended, right? Oh, okay, the economy's bad because the, you know, central banking system is out of control because the government continues to print copious amounts of money and just throw it overseas, throw it into every other issue outside of actually helping American citizens. If that was our only problem, and be like, okay, yeah, that's that's pretty horrific, pretty horrible. Would be we would love to bounce back from that. But it's not only that, right? It's like the extra slap in the face that while that's simultaneously happening, our Department of Justice, our FBI, our CIA, instead of you know surveilling, instead of focusing in on the terrorists pouring across our borders every single day, is targeting American citizens from January 6th still to this day. Now, the January 6th footage was released by new Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, just giving you guys an idea of the horrifying footage that was worse than Pearl Harbor and 9-11 combined. For those of you watching on screen right now, I know that this footage is so horrific that you are probably covering your eyes right now. You, you can't even look directly in the screen because the calming scenes of, uh, you know, 40-year-old Americans waving a flag and walking through the ropes of the Capitol building is just the worst thing you've ever seen. Yeah. Of course, this was peaceful footage. Nobody is surprised by that. So the footage was released and it basically corroborated everything that we knew about January 6th, specifically that there were a lot of feds there, that the police were extremely violent and brutal with the January 6th defendants, that the government has been targeting people who were peacefully walking through the Capitol. Matthew Perna, one of the sad cases that I've followed that Brandon Straka has been really great about bringing a light to. He committed suicide because of the government's harassment of him, okay? 
And here is video of him. You can't really see it very well. I should have actually downloaded it. But it's a video of him peacefully walking through the Capitol building. Straka says Matthew Perna hung himself because the government refused to acknowledge that some people walked inside the Capitol and wandered around. The government wanted everybody to believe that every person who went inside the Capitol did so to do harm. At least five people have killed themselves because of the DOJ and left-wing's lies about January 6th. So, again, uh, Matthew Perna pled guilty to the initial charges the DOJ tried to hit him with. He thought he was going to be facing 6 to 12 months in prison. Uh, after pleading guilty, the DOJ informed Matthew that they would seek a terrorism enhancement to his sentencing, which would raise his sentence to a potential nine years in federal prison. Four days after receiving that news from the DOJ, he put a rope around his neck and he hung himself. And again, he is one, oh no, yeah, he's one of, I believe, six suicides that have happened as a direct result of Biden's DOJ targeting, harassing, just threatening, ruining the lives of these January 6th defendants. So it's not enough for our own government to straight up replace us with third world people who don't even assimilate to our culture, who will be taught to hate the United States of America, who are being used to destabilize us, who are taking money and food out of the freaking like pockets and mouths of our own children and giving it to illegal immigrants. That's not enough. They're also targeting the American citizens who truly were trying to just fight to maintain and preserve their own American rights and freedoms. So it's just absolutely disgusting. And then also, too, again, from Brandon Straka, he just he does incredible work reporting on January Sixers. Uh, this was a segment from Fox News learning that January 6th defendants have been placed on the Quad S list, the TSA terrorism list, which subjects people with this de designation to hours of harassment at the airport. Now, you might read this and say, oh, well, they probably deserve it if they were there at the Capitol on January 6th. Watch this full clip, because this is the extent that the government has gone to, to again, harass American citizens. Our primary mission is a little group called Quiet Skies. It's a mission called Quiet Skies that we're following people that flew into the National Capitol Capital region in January 2021. You did not have to go to the Capitol or the rally, and you've been put on a specific list that TSA now has assigned air marshals to follow these people who have not had uh, any type of criminal investigation. They haven't committed a crime, but yet three years later, we're following the same individuals day in and day out. So you're saying that air marshals are now following people that were at the Capitol uh, on January 6th and they're not tracking terrorists at all. Well, they didn't even have to be at the Capitol, Carly. They could have just flown into the National Capital Region. So if anybody was there for um, a job interview, to visit family, we even had a gentleman that was there for a funeral. They put put on this domestic terrorist list just because of their geographic location to Washington, D.C. So these people did not even commit a crime. They weren't even at the Capitol. What? Do those people know that they're on this list? Some of them do, because when they go to the airport, they get the quadises on their boarding pass, and then they have to go through enhanced security. Then they're followed by teams of air marshals on, on any leg of flight that they have. So yes, a lot of them do know that they're being followed, yet they haven't been vetted, and they have not committed a crime. And three years later, we're still doing the same duty, and we followed the same people over and over for three years who are no threat to this country. So there you guys go. That is what the U.S. government, that's what our intelligence agencies are focused in on. So uh, again, 
it's just the, a slap in the face to Americans from multiple angles here as we foot the bill for illegals, as our nation is destabilized, as our currency is devalued, our own government clearly hates us. Uh, there was a lot of people who thought, I, I believe it was last Friday, that there was a terrorist attack at our northern border. It just turned out to be a really bad driver who catapulted his car, car exploded, was not a terrorist attack, was initially reported as a terrorist attack. But when I saw that, my first initial reaction too was, you know, even if this is a terrorist attack, it's not the terrorist that I'm mad at. There's terrorists all over the world that hate the United States of America, that hate the West, that hate our freedoms, that hate our ideals. There's bad people all over the world. The real terrorist in this situation is the U.S. government, who has the ability to secure our borders and refuses to do so. The real terrorist to the American people is the American government who has been tasked with and has sworn an oath to protect our sovereignty, to protect our security, to protect our nation, and instead has decided to crumple up the Constitution, rip it up in our faces, and put people in jail for their freedom of speech. Put people in jail because they had the audacity to peacefully walk through a Capitol building on January 6th. Put people in jail for making a meme. That's where we're currently at in the United States of America. Now, what was January 6th initially about? Why were people so upset? Because of election fraud. People were very upset and they felt that the 2020 election was a little bit rigged, right? And we have another election coming out, coming up in about a year. And we're already seeing some discrepancies in our election system. Now, there was quite a bit of evidence back in 2020 to show that there was election discrepancies back then, but we were all told that if we said that, we would get banned, censored, silenced, that we were uh, trying to destroy democracy and destroy the foundations of America if we questioned the 2020 election, despite the fact that every single time Democrats lose, they do that with every election. Ahead of 2024, some very interesting things have already been happening, okay? So this came out on November 20th. The Arizona Attorney General is threatening Mojave County officials with legal action, threatening Mojave County officials with legal action, if they choose to hand count ballots in the 2024 election. As Arizona's chief law enforcement officer, I have an obligation to warn you that the legal consequences would be serious. So here's the Arizona attorney general on record threatening these officials, threatening people that if they hand count ballots, that there will be serious legal consequences. So if you actually read the letter here, um, yeah, it goes on to say, like, I understand that you will be voting tomorrow on whether to direct the Mojave County Elections Department to count the ballots for the 2024 election by hand rather than automatic tabulating equipment. Before you take that vote, I want to make sure you know that a yes vote would direct your elections department to violate the law. I have an obligation to warn you of the legal consequences. Equally important, I am concerned that this board has received incorrect legal advice from bad faith actors who are attempting to sow doubt in America's elections and ultimately undermine Arizona's democratic process. Full hand counts are impractical, impracticable to perform within the time frame permitted to certify election results. And that's really funny because I remember on election night in 2020 and in the months leading up to it, how our media was prepping and priming us not to expect the results of election 
of the elections on election night, which was unprecedented. We, we never really saw that before. But then all of a sudden it was like, well, we just can't expect it. Just don't expect it for the first time in history and then don't question it. So it's just really funny that, you know, it, it says that there that um, timeliness is an issue. When in our last election, it took, what, like a couple days to tabulate some votes? And then Biden would just randomly win? Just really weird. I don't know. So anyways, that's what's happening ahead of 2024. So if you question the election in 2020, you were censored, you were silenced. If you went and you protested what you thought was a fraudulent election, you were thrown in jail. And uh, now ahead of 2024, you have the board members being threatened if they want to hand count ballots. On top of that, uh, Fulton County acknowledged that 3,600 ballots from 2020 from that election audit were duplicated. This discrepancy has been turned over to the Georgia Attorney General for investigation. Trump released a video on Truth Social calling out this massive voter corruption. Remember, the initial Georgia machine count indicated that Biden won by a little bit over 12,000 votes. A machine recount narrowed that amount, showing Biden winning by 11,000 votes. And then uh, this is posted by D.C. Drano, who says Georgia has dirty elections and Kemp and Raffensperger help to protect the fraud. So a little idea of what's going on with our election system. And then you have the media that comes in with this whopper of a message, right? Because like I said, you have political persecution in Joe Biden's America. Donald Trump is currently facing over 70 felony counts, which equate to 900 years in jail if he's charged on all of these counts, right? Right. That's what Donald Trump's currently going through right now. He is being targeted by a political opponent because he's trying to run for president. There have been multiple states now that have tried to take President Trump's, who have advocated to take President Trump's name off the ballot ahead of 2024. So they are certifiably trying to prosecute this man, throw him in jail, silence him. I mean, if anything, destroy the democracy that they hold so dear and near to their hearts, even though we're a republic via not allowing the people to vote for Donald Trump because they think we're too stupid to know who to vote for. And then what happens? That's right. Like clockwork, a year ahead of the 2024 election, the media comes out and says this. And if he is voted into office, then a lot of these people that are talking about literal or figurative or whatever the hell they're saying, you're going to look like idiots uh, because he will do he will get away with, he will imprison, he will execute whoever he's allowed to imprison, execute, uh, 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 drive from the country. Just look at his past. It's not really hard to read. Only Again, the only thing that stood between him and the destruction of American democracy was the federal judiciary. <laughs> So that was Joe Scarborough and MSNBC basically detailing everything that Joe Biden has done to both Donald Trump and the American dissidents who oppose him and saying that if we look at Donald Trump's track record, which again, what was that track record? A great economy, closed borders, security for Americans, prosperous jobs for Americans, police who felt seen, a military that was honored. That's what Donald Trump's 
track record was. And then under Joe Biden, we live in a banana republic and uh, you're now being threatened if you vote for the hand counting of ballots in Arizona. But it's Donald Trump who's going to throw his opposition in jail. And to be quite honest with you, he should. He absolutely should. Because if you want to look up the definition of what a treasonous government official looks like or what treason is, I would say that a lot of people in government match that definition. I really would. So it's just hilarious to me that the media is once again just inverting reality, but we would expect nothing less. And we are all just supposed to believe the people on screen and clap and applaud when they tell us that the economy is doing great, that actually your gas bill should be going. Your gas bill is the lowest it's ever been. This is another thing that they've been doing. They're like, your grocery bill is the lowest it's ever been. Your gas bill is the lowest it's ever been. Stop being ridiculous. And people are like, I don't think it is. And the media is like, yes, it is. Shut up. Especially our press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre. So, again, mass migration imploding the United States of America. And then the American citizens who truly just want to preserve our country being targeted by a corrupt government that is trying to take away our rights and freedoms. And uh, again, dude, this is a wild story. Uh, Moderna keeps tabs on high-risk anti-vaccine celebrities like Elon Musk, Novak Djokovic, and Russell Brand. Of course, this is of no surprise to anyone. But uh, Moderna hired a former FBI agent to compile internal company reports about high-risk celebrities, including all the people that I just named, because they were critical of vaccine mandates. So again, let's keep in mind that Moderna is a Boston-based pharmaceutical company. They marketed one of the first mRNA vaccines against COVID-19. And people like Novik Djokovic were like, yeah, I'm not taking that. And then they tried to uh, kick him out of the of several uh, tennis tournaments, several tennis the U.S. Open, right? So the, the department commissioned one report, which was titled Djokovic crowned anti-vaccine hero after U.S. Open win, according to uh, independent journalists that were reporting on this. Djokovic, the Serbian tennis legend, holds the all-time record for Grand Slam title victories. He was not allowed to participate in the 2021 or 2022 U.S. Open tournaments due to his refusal to get the vaccine. So what did Moderna do? They put him on a list, you guys. They said, oh, well, it's actually really bad for us because, and this is the quote, the optics of Djokovic, whose vaccine opposition barred him from competing in the 2022 U.S. Open, returning to and winning the Moderna-sponsored competition bolsters anti-vaccine claims that vaccines and mandates are unnecessary. But uh, I don't know. It seems like he didn't get vaccinated and then he came back and then he, he, he won the competition without a vaccine and he didn't die so it kind of does seem like it's unnecessary but let's continue so moderna was concerned about the fact that vaccine opponents were celebrating djokovic's win which was made all the more troublesome due to the fact that people on social media mockingly pointed out that moderna is a u.s open sponsor according to the report so djokovic was deemed high risk elon musk was also flagged as high risk because he questioned whether the covid vaccine was 100 percent effective russell brand he was also cited for his anti-vaccine beliefs 
The report made mention of a video of Brand criticizing pharmaceutical companies for making thousands of dollars in profit every second during the pandemic. So basically everybody who spoke out against this government propaganda uh, against the vaccine, which was forced upon the masses. The high profile people Moderna is utilizing a former FBI agent to investigate and keep track of and mark as high risk. Just want us to all be aware of where we're at. By the way, the uh, army sent a letter to formerly discharged service members and was like, hey, remember when we kicked you out of the uh, army and the military because you didn't want to get your COVID-19 vaccine and we threatened you with a potential dishonorable discharge? Well, we're we, we actually reverse course on that and you don't have to get the COVID-19 vaccine now and we really need you to die for Ukraine and Israel, so please come back. So the army sent a letter to these previously discharged soldiers. And I want us all to remember as well, okay? Because uh, again, uh, not only it has the mandate to get the COVID-19 vaccine been dropped for service members or for army members. I believe all service members at this point, actually. But on top of that, the army is issuing a letter stating that they, that that previously discharged members can now get a correction to their military personnel records. So, for example, my little sister, who was forced out of the Air Force, which she really loved, she didn't want to get vaccinated. I mean, she wouldn't be able to do this because she was a part of the Air Force and not the Army, but it's like, okay, now they're trying to bait people back by saying, yeah, sorry, we tried to take you. We try to force you to take an experimental vaccine that could have killed you. Um, please come back now and we'll correct the record on it. But I don't want people to forget what our servicemen went through because they were threatening them, our military members, who everybody in this nation should be honoring. They threatened them with dishonorable discharge if they didn't follow orders and get this vaccine. I don't think any of them actually did get a dishonorable discharge. But they were threatening them with it. And by the way, for those of you who are not aware, dishonorable discharge is typically reserved for a felony level crime that you commit in the military. And if you are dishonorably discharged, it means that your status to be a veteran once you leave the military is like legally not recognized. So you don't get any of your benefits. So it's a very serious thing. And this is what they were threatening people with. I also wanted to bring light to... Uh, this is John Frankman, and just remind everybody of what military members went through as a result of refusing the COVID-19 vaccine. Service members who were kicked out, they were treated terribly. Many of them were not able to eat and enter the dining facilities where vaccinated service members went to. They were forced to mask when others weren't. They couldn't go into the gym. Service members such as myself, I couldn't deploy. I couldn't move to a different duty station. I couldn't travel. When I was in a training environment, I had to wear a red wristband saying that I was unvaccinated and red tape trying to indicate that I was different or somehow unclean. And people's careers, their lives were messed with. They didn't know what was gonna happen. You were messing with their livelihoods. So now all of a sudden the military thinks they can send this letter to us and that we're gonna wanna come back. And there's a lot of problems with the letter. And some of them are, to me, what was most obvious is there's no new policy. The policy to apply to upgrade your discharge has always been there. The policy that you can go to a recruiter to try to get back in, that's already existed. So there's no new policy. Further, there's no accountability.
So there you guys go. Let's not forget what military members did go through if they refused that. They were ostracized. They were treated like they were these diseased individuals and they were they were treated like second class citizens. It was disgusting. And then also, too, um, by the way, a medical officer has revealed that COVID vaccine related heart issues have skyrocketed in active duty naval officers. This video I am just seeing today, but apparently the report that he reads says that myocarditis has risen 151%, pulmonary heart disease 62%, ischemic heart disease, ischemic heart disease 69%, heart failure increased a whopping 973%. And then let's not forget too, uh, I have this old video on my Instagram, I should probably rehash it and reshow it. But there were also doctors who went to Washington, D.C. and testified in front of Congress about how there was like a 500% uptick in miscarriages after the vaccine was introduced. There was a huge uptick in, again, heart-related issues. Let's not forget that doctors and scientists like Dr. Peter McCullough and Dr. Robert Malone were censored off of Twitter because they had the audacity to say, hey, Fauci, there actually is a, a fix to COVID-19. We don't need a vaccine. We don't need these emergency orders. They were censored. They were silenced. So just, again, a reminder of what our government has put us through. The lies that they've told us, the slap in the face to every single American who continues to have our rights and freedoms impeded upon every single day. I'm going to give you guys a few more pieces of news, which we'll just quickly uh, fly through here. Derek Chauvin has been stabbed in prison. He is expected to make a full recovery. But uh, the saddest part about this story is that he, his appeal to have his case heard in front of the Supreme Court has been declined. And again, just a refresher and a recap on this story, Derek Chauvin was sacrificed at the altar of BLM. The prosecutor, the top prosecutor of this case stepped down because she said that it violated ethical and moral, uh, basically, it was like a violation of ethics for her to bring the charges that the I, basically, that the mob wanted to bring forth against these officers. The coroner who conducted the autopsy on George Floyd said there was no injury to his neck. It was a drug overdose. It was not because of the knee on the neck that George Floyd died. There were so many discrepancies in this case. And again... Derek Chauvin now being stabbed in prison will most likely die in there. It's very sad. And the Supreme Court rejected to hear his case because the mob rules this country, essentially. And we have fallen to the hand of violent Marxists, if you will. Let me, you know, kind of get into the rewriting of our own culture here in the United States. And we saw the rewriting of history with that own si with that situation as well. It was just so insane to live through the entire George Floyd saga where you saw this man with a knee on his neck. I remember seeing the video for the first time being like, wow, that's really horrific. But I am going to wait and see what the full story is here. But that looks really, really bad. And then, again, the autopsy report coming out. The fact that there was a lethal amount of fentanyl in his system. The fact that there was body cam footage of him in the back of the police car saying, I can't breathe. Please put me outside on the ground. 
which is what the officer did. George Floyd asked to be put there because he was freaking out and the cops were trying to put him in the police car. And he was saying, I can't breathe before he was ever on the ground. The top prosecutor, like I said, stepped down and was like, yeah, this is not ethical, not doing this. In her own deposition, because she was bringing forward a sexual assault case, that's how that came out, against the county attorney, I believe it was, because she pushed back against him. And then he was like, okay, going to treat you like crap now. So she uh, filed a lawsuit against him. And in that lawsuit, she was even talking about how she was talking to the coroner who uh, was responsible for George Floyd's autopsy. And the guy was basically like the medical examiner. He goes, what do you do if the medical report doesn't match up with public perception? I don't know what we do in this situation. So everybody was so scared to tell the truth. And now Derek Chauvin is sitting in jail for it. The continued rewriting of our history happens every day as well. Maryland's largest school district wants to rename the Francis Scott Key Middle School, named after the author of the Star Spangled Banner, because he owned slaves. And that's not all. You also had the removal of a statue of Thomas Jefferson from City Hall. I believe this was a... Yeah. Removed from the city hall in New York after 187 years. The redheaded libertarian says this is how Marxism works. Removing a statue of Thomas Jefferson from city hall, the man who penned the Declaration of Independence with righteous indig indignation over sins of today. Like they are God, this is how they will try to abolish the Bill of Rights. So just the fundamental values of America being attacked and destroyed every single day. We also saw the melting of the statue of Robert E. Lee. We are seeing our own history being destroyed before our very eyes and also rewritten. We see our language being manipulated every single day. We are being told that hate speech is a crime and it's violent and we need to be jailed for it. We are consistently bombarded with our own intelligence agencies and again, government saying, if you push back against us, if you believe in the Second Amendment, if you believe in something that we don't tell you you're allowed to believe in, then you're a domestic terrorist. Like This is what we're consistently being bombarded with every single day. Um, it's It's just an absolute joke. And then the media doubles down and continues to push this this ridiculous propaganda. There's this story about this young Chiefs fan. This kid's probably like 12 years old, right? This uh, black journalist, journalist, okay, air quotes here, from Deadspin, says the NFL needs to speak out against the Kansas City Chiefs fan in blackface and a native headdress. Takes a photo of this child because, by the way, the other side of this kid's face is red because he's at a Chiefs game and their colors are black and red. He takes one side of the kid, looks like the kid's wearing full blackface, and then he has the native headdress on. And then in his entire article, talks about how racist this child is. And you have a, it's like, it's just insane to me, right? Like, this is the, the level of conditioning where you have adults in the United States of America who have been so beautifully reeducated by the government-funded education systems that they are now going after little kids for what they deem essentially a thought crime here or like a, a cultural appropriation crime, right? Where we're at the point where you can't even enjoy a Kansas City Chiefs game putting the colors of the team on your face without having the freaking cancel culture mob come for you. 
And more than anything, I, w- I love read this story and I was just like, we clearly do not have real problems in the United States. A grown ass man took time out of his day to try to destroy the life of a 12 year old. And is pushing to get the chief's name abolished because of racism. Like, there's clearly not really like that big of an issue with racism, if that's the example you're pointing to here. But again, I look at this from the standpoint of uh, like a, the greater issue at hand here, right? This child, the reason he's being targeted by this adult is because he hasn't been re-educated yet. He hasn't been properly taught yet the new set of ideals, the new language, the new rules that we're all supposed to adhere to. Absolutely not. This child did nothing wrong. And this freaking guy, he already deleted his tweet because he's an idiot. And he got roasted so badly online for his lies, for trying to misrepresent this child in blackface. And then he tried to double down and be like, oh, well, it's worse because he also uh, not only isn't blackface, but is insulting the Native American populations as well. It was just such a joke. And again, it's just very sad to me that this is where we're at in society, where children are now being targeted for re-education via mass cancel campaigns by mainstream media journalists for enjoying a football game. That's the level of indoctrination and uh, reprogramming that some Americans are at and expect for the next generation. And it's why it's important for us to continue to spread the reality of our country's history, of our foundations, of our ideals. So, you know, one of the things I'm really adv- uh, adamant about as well is like talking about what flying was like pre 9-11, because people say that it was amazing. It was funny. I was talking to my friend about this, right? Home Alone's my favorite Christmas movie. I'm rambling today because I haven't talked with you guys in a while. Home Alone's one of my favorite Christmas movies. I'm watching it and I'm like, there is no way that they would have gotten through the airport with that big of a family with TSA. I I never understood it. I was like, I guess it's just movie magic that I can't question. And my friend was like, well, I think Home Alone came out like pre 9-11. And technically, you could just walk up to your gate at that point. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's absolutely insane to me. Like my brain could not fathom it. I know that's kind of a, a stupid analogy there, but it's like, We need to teach the next generation that going through TSA and having government officials randomly search your bags is not okay, is not right, and it should not be accepted. We need to teach the next generation that just because you're a little bit scared of a virus that the government's lying about to weaponize uh, against you to take away your rights and freedoms, that that's not okay, that you should never choose safety over or, yeah, over freedom, basically. We need to instill in the next generation that the way that the current government is, is not okay. That the government should fear the people, not the other way around. That the government works for the people, not the other way around. We really need to be adamant about teaching this next generation because as you are seeing with this uh, chief story, these kids are being targeted at a like mass national level because, oh no, we got one out of line, guys. He hasn't been indoctrinated yet. He doesn't know that that's cultural appropriation. And what really does stem from cultural appropriation? It's like, again, this Marxist viewpoint of rewriting history, of destroying the fundamental values of America. It's absolutely ridiculous to me. So anyways, we're going to end on a fun note here. Uh, It was Thanksgiving this past week. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody in the chat. 
listening to the show right now. I hope you guys had an absolutely great time celebrating the pilgrims, celebrating the natives, celebrating, you know, OG Thanksgiving with a nice roasted turkey. My dad made a great smoked one. Shout out, dad. PETA, <laughs> gotta love PETA, of course, made their Thanksgiving post. And it's of turkeys sitting at a dinner table. And then there's like a little roasted human on the table, right? And then they caption it. We're lucky turkeys would never do this to us. You don't have to do it to them either. So PETA trying to say that we're all bad for eating turkeys. Probably the best community note I've ever read in my life. It's absolutely hilarious. The community notes on X, formerly Twitter, have been incredible. Says turkeys are not vegetarians. Turkeys eat mice, lizards, frogs, and just about anything they can fit in their mouths. If turkeys were larger or had the technological means to farm and eat humans, their current diet reveals they likely would. <laughs> oh my gosh. And you know what? It's it's little things like this that really do make my day because we really are in a propaganda war and Twitter for a long time was utilized to censor and silence people. But now it really has become a platform in which we can combat real disinformation, where we can call out the rewriting of our history, where we can say, hey, George Floyd actually didn't die from a knee on his neck. He died because he had fentanyl in his system, where we can tell the truth, where we can call out the government's lies. We can say that COVID-19 was overhyped and that the vaccine was ineffective. It's, it's incredible that we have the ability to do that now again not a perfect platform there are people that are still censored there but we are i think in a better place leading up to the 2024 election than we were in 2020 so again my friends i leave you with that thank you so much for tuning into another episode of rapid fire uh, i know it was kind of a long one it's just been a minute since i've been with you guys but i really appreciate you guys always going through the news with me seeing the insanity of the modern day delving into the thoughts and opinions of modern day america and seeing what's going on and also a uh, big shout out like i said to the subscribe star subscribers you guys really help keep this show going shout out to everybody on rumble on youtube who like share subscribe uh, anybody who's ever left a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or even a one-star review, I read every single one of them. Thank you all so much. I really appreciate each and every single one of you. And with that, that's all I've got for you today. Thank you for tuning in to another episode.